You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcasts. This is Marjorie Alford here at the Hideout with members of the Paranoids. Y'all could even introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Lexi. I play guitar. Hey, I'm Layla. I play keyboard. Hey, I'm Stas. I play bass. Your first full-length album titled Carnage Bargain was released September of last year by Suicide Squeeze Records. It's said to be a note on current political affairs with people in power making carnage bargains with things like people at the border while the rest of us are stuck passively living our lives. How do you feel your music helps you channel your political frustrations? It kind of goes along with every sort of emotional breakthrough or road blockage or whatever if I want to phrase it like that where some days it's just like incredibly hard to keep acting passive as you said and like you if you're an artist you express and like especially with that song I mean there's other songs we kind of mention disappointing human qualities but uh that one in particular was just like I I was having a really really hard time like just we we live in LA so you know there's ice and hipster neighborhoods and whatever and our friends that are dreamers and DACA and it definitely affects super close to home and you know we're not a political band in any way but we have a lot of self-expression and um, maybe that makes us political and I think our whole thing is just being a voice and standing up for people and if they can like connect to the music songs like girlfriend degree have strong feminist messages who are some of your feminist icons this is kind of a i don't it's kind of lame but it's not really but like honestly lucille ball was such a sad she i mean she's the first woman to like start her own tv network and like she just like had her she just like had to she had to have her husband on so that she could like accomplish all these things but it was all her like she had her like deadbeat husband (laughs) sorry sorry, i love desi too but like yeah she um yeah she's she's uh, a boss serena williams she's so good at what she does and is just so inspiring to young girls and she's a mom now and still kicking (laughs) Uh, she's awesome so uh, Serena Williams is a big one not to put Kathleen Hanna down it's just so oversaturated to say that but she was a big deal for me growing up yeah when I was like 12 and like you know Nirvana was having like a resurgence yeah it was like they started releasing all this Nirvana stuff again like in when I was like 12 and I was like what is Bikini Kill because I was never into like whole and Bikini Hill was just like, holy ish. Like, obviously, I, I'm 12. I don't have this much ish to say about men. But, like, you're already feeling this. St- I mean, since I was a kid, you have to, you're in the girls' table. And, like, you can't be at the boys' table because you're wearing a dress. And, like, that kind of ish, like, always pissed me off. And not having the flexibility of, like, well, sometimes I want to be a tomboy. And sometimes I want to be a girl. And, like, whatever. But so finding Kathleen Hanna was a really big, like, really cool thing for me. God, I wish I, I know I'm 
gonna oh i mean etta james we love any of the women that like obviously like still didn't have that much power but they had a very strong voice and like just like yeah power Chicago, we have a pretty prolific DIY scene with lots of venues in people's front rooms, garages, and basements. Is there anything comparable in LA? And if so, tell me a little bit about it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the D there's a pretty great DIY scene in LA. I mean, like, there, it's like such a big and small community. Um, all of our friends are in bands pretty much, and we all play play with each other put on shows together um i mean i don't know to be honest i feel like we haven't been been to a house show in a long time though uh we're old old. um so we we don't we don't go to those as often as we invite us to them (laughs) invite us to it we're good um I have to say, like, the community that we have there is so amazing. Like, if you want to get something done, like, it's pretty easy. Like, we'll be on tour, run out of t-shirts, we send one text message, and it's like, sure. And then, like, the next couple days, we have more merch. Like, the music scene is such a strong bond there. And, like, same with, like, recording or, like, making a photo shoot happen super last minute. Like... We have this like amazing hub of uh, artists and then in terms of, I mean, we all grew up luckily with like garages. So our parents were encouraging their kids. Like, I feel like there was always a kid with a drum set around and then we have our cars. So it's easy to transport stuff around too. Um, There was a couple houses that used to have house shows a lot, but there's a lot of like houses you drive past and you're like, I remember when that living room, I saw like a bunch of shows in high school and now I don't know what that is. And yeah, it just seems like a house. Yeah. Or it's a, yeah. Plant hanging plant, white tiled coffee shop now. Thank God. Some of our first shows are like first, my first time playing live was in a vintage store like right off of Venice Beach. Yeah, our first Paranoid show was at a pool party. We played at um, like a record store. That's just how we got our start was playing in very small DIY spaces like that. And it's awesome that people took us on like that in the beginning. I don't know. In my opinion, so much of what makes a good punk show is the connection artists can forge with the audience. Does anyone have any moments that stick out in their memory where a connection with an audience member really made the show? I keep talking about this, but this was my favorite memory from this tour. We sold out a Dallas show and that crowd was like mad rowdy. There was like this uh, real dope kid that like kept jumping in and out of the crowd and like just she just went super, super hard and like you know when you're that age and you're like I'm gonna get hurt because I love it so much and like you're like that it was anyway she was keeping it so rowdy and then there was a crazy pit that broke out like halfway through our set and all of a sudden this like hand shoots up in the middle of the pit and just sprays Febreze like (laughs) 
doesn't <laughs> like doesn't stop until it's just like done. Like he obviously just grabbed it from the bathroom and just was like, oh yeah, rock and like sprayed this Febreze. And I was like, is that like I'm in the middle of the song? I'm like, is that Febreze? And then it just slowly gets in my mouth. Like <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is amazing, and it's so terrible at the same time. That was really good. But honestly, yeah, it's like looking out and seeing like kids out there is so nice. And like when ki- like people go super hard, like headbanging or whatever. Yeah, it's great. So that is the end of our interview. Thank you so much for meeting with me. And on that note, is there anything else you would like to let your listeners know? If you're listening to this and you don't have a band, uh, start one. Start playing music. It's really fun. You're going to make a whole new set of friends and uh, see where it can take you. You're going to get really rich quick. Get a lot of girls. (laughs) (laughs) Same to what Lexi said. And um, we're going to be having a really fun year this year. I don't know. Keep an eye out for us. We, we're we uh, doing really stupid stuff on social media all the time. If you want to f- follow us on there or whatever. I agree also with Lexi that if you're feeling like frustrated and you can't find your community and stuff, like it is a great, super helpful community. Um, if you're a good person, like it sends you good people pretty instantaneously, like after after some good behavior and just support each other and let's get together and like fight the stuff rather than fight each other. and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.